into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey Dent. Likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me. But I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. Welcome back for another week of Televised Heroics. Daniel, we have another full week. I actually didn't get to watch two of our shows because I went to San Diego Comic-Con in Anaheim. So that means you're going to have to catch me up on Gotham and Krypton. I will do my best. All right. Uh, those two shows will probably, be, or at least Krypton, is replacing Flash and Arrow for this week because uh, they, they were off. But uh, we have Legends of Tomorrow, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Black Lightning, and The Walking Dead to talk about as well. So yep. let's get right into the geek news. All right. I know first you thing have I, something to talk about. Yeah, the first thing I wanted to talk about uh, Astro City, uh, comic book story company uh, storyline. I don't know how to how to describe it, but it's created by Kurt Busiek and uh, what was the other guys? Well, um, Alex Ross, I think, is also credited as a uh, creator of the world, but he does a lot of the, he does the covers for the book. Brent Anderson is the artist, so Kurt Busiek, uh, Brent Anderson, and Alex Ross. They have uh, this storyline called Astro City. Um, it is distributed by or published by DC Comics, but Busiek, uh owns all the rights to it. So he sold it. He sold the TV rights to Fremantle uh, Media, and they will be making a TV show out of it. Do you know anything about Astro City, Daniel? No. So. Uh, Here, let me read you a little synopsis of what it says here. The fictional Astro City universe explores the lives of ordinary people and those of all the two, all two human superhumans in their midst and their collective daily struggle to hold on to hope in the face of world shaking, life altering events beyond any single individual's control. A mid-sized American city blessed blessed with and cursed by the largest number of superheroes and supervillains in one place on Earth. Astro City is described as a unique brand of humanistic saga, part superhero epic, part intimate drama, in which the mostly good-hearted uh, workaday residents of the eponymous locale uh, come come into daily contact with the worrisome, the weird, and the wondrous. So, essentially, take all the characters you love from DC, Marvel, and Image, and you have Astro City. Wow. Have yeah. you read any of the comics or uh, graphic novels? I have not read anything from Astro City. I've always wanted to because like the covers just really catch my eye. But um yeah, I, I've never actually gotten around to it. Like I know the 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 counterpart to Batman and Robin I think is like the Crusader in in Alter Boy or something like that. Alter Boy. I don't know if it's Alter Boy, but it, I know the Batman character is Crusader, and they have like this whole church, like Catholic church, like motif going for them. Hmm. Interesting. 
what uh what other you know characters do they have that resemble you know that have counterparts uh that's a very good question i think there's a superman counterpart his name's like superior or uh something to that nature i'm not too sure and i also don't know where they're going to actually put this up at if it's going to be on any one particular channel okay but yeah, I've never heard of Fremantle before either. Oh well, Fremantle is a is a company like they did American Gods. Even though American Gods is on Stars, uh, you know it's, oh, okay. it's produced by by Fremantle uh, Media. Gotcha. You'll see, you, if you if you look look for them, you'll see that they're a part of a lot of things. Okay. What do you got? The only thing I got is that. You know, uh, Clark Gregg uh, is bringing his Agent Coulson to Captain Marvel. This is insane. And why do you say it's insane? I mean, because we haven't seen uh, Agent Coulson in the in the the movie side of the MCU in I mean, since the Avengers, so 2012. Oh wow! Yeah, six years, huh? Yeah, and I mean this this was going to be in. Uh, Captain Marvel, which is probably is not coming out to 2019, I believe, and um, about right. It, it, I mean, with, if that if that's true, then uh, and and we also know that it's taking place in the 90s, so this will be a younger version Coulson. So he'll probably be an agent and like not director of Shield or whatever. Right, he's standing well, yeah. directing now. Just. Yeah, exactly. He's the director now, but even in the Avengers, when he when he passed away, he was just Agent Coulson. Oh, okay. So he might be like Junior Agent Coulson, like just coming into Shield. Okay, that could be true too. I mean, yeah, uh, two thousand twelve, oh, two thousand twelve, and I don't know, I don't know if they said the exact year that they're doing uh, Captain Marvel, but I know it's supposed to be the nineties, so it's roughly twenty years. Yeah. Or, I guess, um, 25 and, years, 26 years. And I asked you if, you know, your opinion, if you thought it was going to be hard to make him look young again. And you said? I don't think so. I think I think Marvel has really cracked the the, the code with the whole making their uh, actors look younger. Uh, if we take a look at Kurt Russell in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, uh, his younger version looked great. If you look at... Um, Michael Douglas in Ant-Man, his younger version looked great. And even if you think about it, I don't know what, uh, I don't know exactly how old um, Clark Gregg is, but, you know, taking him down 25 years, we'll probably put him in his 20s. Shouldn't be that bad. Oh, wow. You're right. You're absolutely right. And uh, the article did say that we are going to see Ronan. And there's another character, but I can't remember who at the top of my head, but Ronan the Accuser will be in this one as well. Yeah, Ronan the Accuser will be in it, and uh, the Gorth the Pursuer, the 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 basically the character in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One that goes who? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, for Star Lord. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so he's coming back, and yeah, and we got Nick. We know that Nick Cage is good. not Nick Cage. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, Nick Fury <laughs> is going to be showing up in uh, that movie as well. So that yeah. I, it's really going to be a backdoor like origin movie for some characters. It sounds like 
yeah, that's what it sounds like. So, I mean, I guess uh, Clark Gregg will be, you know, side by side with uh, Nick Fury. I mean, I imagine Nick Fury will probably be the director already of S.H.I.E.L.D. at that point, And he's going to be, like, bringing in a new recruit. He might just be, like, Sergeant Fury or Agent Fury. I don't know. It's true. And, um, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much all I got for this. Um, Tell us a little bit about WonderCon. How was that? WonderCon was amazing. Uh, I just want to say that I met so many cool people at that con. Um, It was very, very much so a con, like, dedicated to the fans and to comic books, which was incredible. Like, comic books really did take a front page to uh uh this in this con now it's not to say they they didn't have a lot of the studio stuff there i mean uh warner brothers was there and they they presented some ready player one stuff uh you had um lost in space netflix netflix brought lost in space uh the batman ninja movie premiered the Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad animated movie, yeah, that that it was at Hell to Pay that premiered. Um, there was there was a lot, uh, but there was a lot to do, and I I truly I was there for three days and didn't even get to do all of it, but I had such an incredible time. That is insane. The the floor itself, the exhibit hall floor, it was it was pretty pretty insane as well. Um. Probably probably not as big as San Diego Comic-Con's exhibit hall floor, but pretty big. And then uh, you you pretty much have a, a shirt addiction, so you got a couple of shirts. <laughs> yeah, I did. I bought. I think I bought about six different t-shirts. Uh, I, I want to say five of them are from Graffiti, <laughs> graffiti <laughs> Designs. Uh, I just really enjoy the way that they make shirts. The I like the I like when I buy comic book shirts. I like to buy comic book shirts that have symbols on them, as opposed to characters or scenes from comic books. So uh, they they tend to do that. I bought a Blue Lantern shirt, a Red Lantern shirt, uh, two Green Arrow shirts, uh, a Superman Red Sun shirt, and a Batman Rebirth shirt, like the Ooh. Rebirth symbol, which I really dig. Like I've never been a fan of the Batman with the yellow oval around it, but this version of it, like with the yellow outline, I really dig that. Yeah, I really like that one too. So that was originally going to be my tattoo design, but I was like, "Yeah, yellow doesn't show up on my skin, so never mind." <laughs> <laughs> I can I can see that I can see that it wouldn't show up on my skin that well either. Yeah, so I was like, "Oh, right. standard Dark Knight, it is." There you go. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, other than that, there's not much more I can say. Uh, I took a picture with lots of people, t- got to see a lot of cool cosplays, uh, ran into, <laughs> kind of ran into Scott Snyder in the in the the lobby of my hotel. Didn't want to bother him because he was talking to some people, but I snuck a picture in, so that was kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that too. So yeah, Did you run into anybody else that was famous. Uh, I took a picture with Joni Brozas, if you know hers. She's a famous cosplayer. Um, Koi Jandro, he's a big YouTube internet, like, geek news personality. I watch a lot of his shows. John Schnepp had a, had a booth there. I talked to him a little bit. 
and uh, oh, and I don't know if anybody watches the Librarians, even though it's canceled now. They just canceled the show. Uh, one of my favorite librarians was there, John Harlan Kim. Uh, he played uh, Deke on the Librarians. I can't. I, 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 no, maybe it's Zeke. Damn it! I I feel stupid now because <laughs> I, I talk about how much I love him and I love the show, but I can't remember what his Ezekiel. That's his name. All right. Yeah, I've, I was going to ask you about that too, but you pretty much covered it. Who you ended? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was that was pretty awesome. So good nice. time. Now I hope I hope next year you can make it. Yeah. So uh, ten ten out of ten would do again. Oh hell yeah. But not D23. But not D23. And we don't need to get into that. <laughs> no, we don't. A pretty nightmare. <laughs> uh, but if that's everything, let's go ahead and talk about Legends of Tomorrow, the best show on the CW. <laughs> Heck yes. Dude, this episode was so good. With the the turning of of Sarah Lance into a possessed a demon possessed like Vader essentially uh, <laughs> I mean it really helped it, the episode really helped me like really track down or keep I, a, an idea of where all the different totems are yeah and uh, we got a lot of the mythos behind the totems as well yeah that was really cool Re- that was really cool uh, so the 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 death totem calls out to Sarah. No, okay. Did you think it was the death totem that was calling out to her, or was it Mollus fucking with her head? Oh, probably. Now that you mentioned it, it was probably Mollus. But we obviously know, you know, from what we've seen the show, it's a totem calling her. Okay. But yeah, uh, I support your theory of Mollus calling out to her and fucking with her. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that's what I I, I assumed it was. Uh, but yeah, it's either him or the totem calling out to her, and she puts it on essentially, and uh, which then opens up a gateway for Mollus to take over her body. With that, he just starts to systematically take out everybody on the team. First off, Ray Palmer, who is working on the fire totem in his lab by throwing it into a uh, hydrogen, a mini hydrogen. Com- like uh collider essentially to to get to get a nuclear explosion uh, the equivalent to the big bang cold fusion cold fusion that's right that's what it was yeah. uh so that you know that's in there rory's supposed to be helping him but instead he goes and get drunks and 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 passes that's out, out. <laughs> uh you have nate and wally going off to i don't know rescue they, a russian dog Oh, that's right. They had to go re- rescue the dog. Uh, someone had to go to the Ice Age. That was uh, that was Sarah's job. That was Sarah's job. And then Amaya and Zari were supposed to go somewhere else? Yeah, but I don't remember where. And neither do I. But it's not, not important. They come back. They see that uh, everything is kind of shut down. Ray's been beat to, to hell. And, uh, yeah, they, you know, they, they kind of start putting things together. So Amaya doesn't have a, a totem. Zari has her totem, but then she gets taken out. Amaya is kind of taken out because her leg's broken. 
they they give a little bit of mythos behind the totems that someone who what were the rules did you write down the rules that of someone that has to that can control a totem no i didn't write down the rules it was um, about, they said uh heroic or righteousness yeah i mean since righteousness uh or being heroic and i think that's all i remember i thought i remember something about being pure of heart or something like that Oh, but that's them, true. That's right. Um, that's why Mick was like, "No, nah, I'm not. You know, I'm not a hero. I'm not a pure heart. I don't want it." Right. So, but and that's why uh, they gave they they had Nate try and go get the the Earth totem, and yeah. obviously it didn't turn him into a plant, and didn't work for him. It didn't work for him. Yeah, which I thought was interesting because by the end of this, I mean, there's what there's six totems, and I think there's seven of them on the team. If you count Wally, yeah. So if there's seven. I mean, that mean that means everybody's gonna get one at, at some point. I would assume. To fight Dark and Mollus. Yeah, def- yeah, exactly. To fight Dark and Mollus. Uh, but yeah, the fire, the Earth totem doesn't work for him. Uh, the Wind totem's taken out because Zari's taken out. So then Mick has to put on the Fire totem in it. It. It worked for him. It worked well. Yeah. And it was, oh, it's just so funny watching him look at the fire <laughs> the whole time. He's like, holy crap, it worked. <laughs> just looks so surprised. So, are we supposed to believe that all the totems came from the Zambezi tribe? I Yeah, that's not what they said. Um, I think it was Nora who said, why are there, by the way, why are there so many Noras in the DCU? Or DC Universe know. altogether. Because <laughs> it's uh, freeze? Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, <laughs> too many to name. Okay. But I'm pretty sure we can. Yeah. Uh, there's, and basically, um, yeah, because she said when she was explaining that all that stuff to uh, Sarah, saying that um, the six tribes of Zambezi, or the five tribes of Zambezi, um, you know, we're fighting against uh, the sixth tribe, which was the one that can, that held the death totem. Right, exactly. So that that we're supposed to believe that all the totems came from the Zambezi tribe and uh, the or the different tribes of the Z- of Zambezi, and uh, yeah, the sixth tribe was the death tribe. So that there's the little bit of backstory the, some of the stuff that i felt was really missing from you know what the idea of where these tribes came from or where these totems came from right they didn't give us anything about creation or anything like that or what each tribe represented correct yeah which you're right they missed an opportunity there um the other half of the story was dealing with um uh, uh, Ava, Ava having to come to the realization that, you know, uh, Sarah has had previous lovers and then having to work with said previous <laughs> lover in John Constantine. And, uh, John and, uh, Ava are kind of working the back door of black magic to try and save Sarah to get her to come out. And, uh, you get to see a little peek into John's kind of crazy life. Yeah. Um, what was he doing? Like a ritual to get somebody married in Mexico? 
essentially it seemed like uh they were they were the the mother was trying to hire John Constantine to do some type of ritual or you know to basically help help it so her son gets married finds a finds a, a wife that's what it is yeah yeah um but we see his his office actually looked quite nice but you know random ass foot that he was hanging on to um <laughs> Why he doesn't carry a cell phone, that sort of thing. Right. That was, yeah, all, all good stuff. And then his interactions with Gary were, were hilarious. And yeah. we're get, we get a little bit more about Gary. He's He runs a D&D game, you know, on a weekly basis. And the little teaser at the end of the episode was John Constantine joined their D&D game. Yeah, it looked pretty cool, too. It was it was funny. That was pretty That was pretty awesome. Yeah, something I wasn't expecting. Uh-uh. So, uh, yeah, I just want to say this was a very fun episode uh, once again. Uh, I love the fact that they're just embracing their silliness on this show. Uh, I really enjoyed Wally in this episode for once. Like, he wasn't getting on my <laughs> nerves, so that was awesome. Had them uh, feel uh, forced when he was on screen. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah, his little his little bit because each each person had to kind of come to deal with a person of, that they they feared. Their fears. Or, yeah, their big fears and stuff like that. So him having to deal with uh, Jesse uh, was 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 nice. Yeah, and I think he's pretty much over it now. At this point, that was, it's, go ahead. I was to say. I was to say it seemed that way. Yeah. Um, and this pretty much reminded me a lot of uh, Agents of Shield, especially with the shit that's going on in that show. <laughs> yeah, that was very, very similar. What happened in that show this week too? So when we get to that, yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, was there anything else about Legends of Shield or Legends of Tomorrow that you want <laughs> Legends to talk about? of Shield? Damn, yeah. that's a good show. <laughs> yeah, right, that would be an amazing show. Uh, no, I'm pretty much done with this one. Uh, I did like that. That at one point, John Constantine said that he uh, he he did a curse to make a Bebo talk to him or something like that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he did he's like, spell. oh, he's all stuff that would make your hair curl or something like that or cringe. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> Bebo. <laughs> all right, because the uh, dude is wearing Bebo socks. Yeah, it's, Gary was wearing Bebo socks. That's right. Um, Black Lightning. So I know a lot of things get were talked about or came up in this episode and stuff, but the one thing I really want to talk about is the fact that they said that Vixen and Supergirl both Supergirl. exist in this world. Yeah. What the fuck? So they maybe they live in a universe where all the you know DC superheroes are on one Earth. I think you're correct. I think that's exactly what that world is. And you know what that that says to me? That says that if they do this uh, 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 Crisis on Multiple Earths or Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover at some point, mm -hmm. at, after that crossover, everybody will exist in the Black Lightning universe. That is awesome, and I hope it happens. I think that's what's going to happen. So all three universes would be combined. That was crazy. That cause so essentially it's Jennifer talking to her mother because she says, uh, she's 
having to come to grips with the fact that she has powers, her sister has powers, and her father has powers, and she thinks that her family's just been lying to her this whole time. And honestly, I hate this trope. I hate this type of story uh, arc whenever they do it anywhere where kids, teenagers, teenagers are kids, act like they're <laughs> so devastated because their parents not just lied to them, but like omitted something to them. They didn't tell them the whole truth. And it's like, I love the way that her mother finally came to it and said, look, you know, we have to not tell you the whole thing because we're protecting you. That's our job. It doesn't matter how old I get. I will always be protecting you. And it's like, yeah, that's exactly what a parent's supposed to do. They're not supposed to. She bring, they bring up, uh, Santa Claus and the Easter bunnies. Like these are lies that we tell you so that you get to keep your innocence <laughs> and yeah. you, know, you're, you don't get upset about that. And it's absolutely true. And she made a good point too. Cause she's like, if we told you when you're a little girl, we didn't want you to, you know, just accidentally blurt it out somewhere and everybody hears you. And now, and by the time that when we got a divorce, you were, you know, too old. So we just don't bother telling you anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I was glad when they the the writers wrote it in that she shuts that shit down because it is I I always hate that kind of writing and they they tend I don't know it seems to me maybe I'm I'm biased but it seems to me they always do it between daughters and mothers and I mean you even look at it in this episode they when she has to deal with her mother she gets all snarky and and jerky about it and then when she goes and deals with her father later in the episode now. Bear in mind, her mother is already taking care of the problem at this point. But when she's dealing with her father, it's as simple like, why don't we just sit here and watch a movie together and make some popcorn kind of thing? Like, she's not all up in arms and shit. Right. And she's like, Dad, will you read me a story kind of thing? So she's already forgiven him, but who knows if she's still going to be mad at the mom. Exactly. At Lynn. So when... um, When... uh, we see that Gamby has created a, a new suit for Thunder. What did you think of her new suit? I enjoy. I thought it was awesome looking. Yeah, it was actually not bad. I like it better than the Black Lightning outfit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh, I enjoy that much better than the Black Lightning outfit. Now, do you think it's weird that the whole like his episodes where he was having like brain problems has gone away? Yeah, I do find it a little bit weird. Do you think that's just going to come back like stronger later or something? Yeah, I was going to say that. Who knows? Maybe by the end of the season, you know, he'll be close to finishing off Tobias, and then you know, all of a sudden it, it kicks in and Tobias escapes. Mm. I, I can see that because, like, if they just they're they're letting it go. Like, I think we haven't had an episode in two two episodes, so. Uh, I think that it's just going to come back stronger at the end of the season, like you said. Yeah. Um, and interesting that we actually didn't have uh, Tobias in this episode. We didn't. There was a lot more uh, sneaking around in this episode between our heroes because they're worried about the ASA finding them, or at least Gamby is worried about the ASA finding them, and then uh, taking Jefferson in. Yeah. Um, I do want to ask you, um, you know, uh, the detective Henderson, he had a lot to do with this episode. Do you think that he's going to die in the, you know, by the end of the season? Ooh, that's a, that's a good possibility. Especially, you know, what he told black lightning. Um, he's like, you know, 
if I end up getting killed, you know, make sure that my reputation doesn't get smeared and everybody knows the truth. Right. Yeah. No, exactly. They're kind of foreshadowing it there. So I could definitely see that happening. Now, I also wanted to say that we saw in the flashback, Gamby was following a few kids around, right? Right. Uh, one of the kids that we see in the flashback does a half court dunk or whatever. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to say, what if, what if Latavius was also one of the kids that got a power, and it he just it just never kicked in before because he never died before, and that's his power is to like regenerate. Damn, that's a really good theory. I mean, uh, we haven't gotten any explanation of why Lala, you know, came back. Right. Yeah, exactly. We have no 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 idea why Lala came back. And I don't know if if the whole having uh Lawanda in his head has anything to do with his powers if he has powers, but maybe he's just crazy because you know, people aren't supposed to come back from the dead, so he's kind of gone crazy. Yeah. I I don't even know, you know, if I came back from the dead, I don't know how I'd be coping with it either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'd be uh, it'd be a little bit difficult to deal with. I love that Jennifer also evokes her uh, her her boyfriend in this episode. Yet we haven't seen her like be with her boyfriend in like three episodes. Yeah, we haven't seen much of him either. But yeah, you're right. She brought it up. It's like, oh well, yeah, you know, last time we helped out, you know, his spine got severed. Right. I mean, I, I know that he kind of told her to go away and stuff, but. Still, it's it just seemed weird for her to say, and my boyfriend can't walk anymore, but, I mean, she hasn't even been around her boyfriend. So where is he? <laughs> yeah, wherever Tobias has him. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Gamby, uh, we saw him uh, basically learn secrets, or not learn secrets, but uh, get some information um, to see who manufactured that gun that resembles... Black Lightning's lightning. Right. That was actually pretty cool. I like the way he's like, oh, yeah, I just injected you with venom. <laughs> yeah, we definitely get to see that he is uh, he was a spy of sorts. He was definitely a uh, like secret agent kind of guy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I don't think there was very much else for this episode for me. Uh, anything for you? No. Okay. Uh, why don't you go ahead and hit me with some Krypton then? Uh, Krypton. <clears throat> so when articles first started coming out, talking about, you know, what the show was going to be, that was supposed to be, you know, like Game of Thrones type show with all the betrayal and whatnot. So far, uh, this, this episode was just really, really long. It wasn't long. It was a typical 45-minute show, uh, you know without commercials um there's not a lot hopeful a whole lot going on uh we find out that uh superman's grandpa his name is seg um and the house of l does not exist anymore in krypton um because they thought seg's grandfather was um was trying to commit treason because he was a scientist and he um he found out that there's, you know, other life exists outside of their planet, and he was trying to tell the council about it, 
but they said that, you know, again, committing treason, and so they execute him, which I thought was a little bit weird because I was like, okay, why'd you kill him? Why didn't you just sentence him to the Phantom Zone like you do to other Superman villains? Maybe they hadn't found, had, had they said they found the Phantom Zone yet? No, they hadn't mentioned it either. So maybe maybe it's not till because it might not be till Seg or Jor-El find the Phantom Zone. That's true. Um, there's some time travel in this episode. Um, Adam Strange um, finds Seg and hands him that key that uh, you know we see throughout you know Man of Steel um, that basically controls the um, the Fortress of Solitude, and he pretty much tells him like, hey. You know, you got to make sure that you find the fortress. It's the key to um, Earth's survival because, uh, you know, in the future where I'm from, uh, Superman, uh, you know him as Paul L. Uh, he's pretty much a great hero. He's the best thing that's ever happened to Earth. Um, make sure that you find this. Uh, and he pretty much says, oh, no, my time's running out. And Adam Strange returns to his time period. Oh wow! See, I I just assumed that he was going to be part of the show a lot because he seemed to talk about him a lot in the in the stuff. So, huh? I think he'll be coming back a lot more often though, because um, late in the episode he does come back and I mean, pretty much. Lo- Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say it's also odd that they would use Adam Strange, uh, their main one of their main time travelers in the DC universe is Booster Gold. So you would think they would just right. use Booster Gold, but but instead they went with Adam Strange. I wonder if they're like if they're gonna they're gonna make him expendable. Oh, maybe, or maybe we'll finally get a booster gold in Legends of Tomorrow soon. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That'd be amazing. So, but you also said that the it, it, the key that he gives him resembles the one that's in Man of Steel. So, do you think that this show is directly connected to Man of Steel? I I definitely got that vibe, um, especially because um, at this point. We find out that uh, Kryptonians no longer give birth, uh, you know, the regular way. Um, that's when they have the Genesis machine, and so um, it's actually pretty neat. So the mother uh, puts her thumb onto a machine, um, and it pricks her, and it gets a little bit of blood. And then uh, the, you know, the father does the exact same thing, um, and pretty much it starts creating, um, creating the baby, um, and it'll give you a whole their whole life cycle too. It'll, tell you everything that's going to happen in their life which was actually oh, wow. awesome to see but also very scary that you know it could tell you that much details yeah no kidding that is crazy so um after adam strange shows up um sag shows the key to his parents and his parents are like uh you know better keep it safe uh, we don't want anybody you know to find this out since you know this house is banished you know we don't want anybody want you getting into trouble Especially because um, they they said that he was going to rank up, meaning that he was going to live in the um, uh, one of the family's houses and basically be a scientist and work for them and marry oh, wow. one of the daughters. So, um, and since you know that was a big thing, like you know, don't worry about it. And so he runs off doing his own thing. Um, you have a curfew. And heals out on the streets late at night. The cops, uh, basically the militia, uh, were on to him. And his mom shows up in the spacecraft and was like, "Hey, I know you, you know, you've been busy all day, but you know, we need to go find the fortress right now. 
Um, I talked to your dad. You know, it's not the way he wanted it, but we have to make sure that this happens. So huh. Planet's Fortress of, of Solitude um, and the militia ends up finding them. So they get arrested. They let Seg go. And then uh, they have a court trial for the, uh, for the mom. And, um, you know, they're like, oh, we found two, two heat signatures off on your ship. You know, who was the second? And she tries saying, like, no, you know, it was fake. Uh, you know, the machine's incorrect. It was just me going to, you know, trying to find a fortress. And so, um, Seg is with his dad and Seg's like, no, I, you know, I got to make things right. I should go ahead and do it. And then his dad just goes like, Hey, he's like, I just want you to know one thing. I love you. And so he runs out. He's like, it was me. It was me. We're looking for the fortress together. And, um, basically, um, they're going to capture him. He ends up pulling a gun. They shoot him and they kill him. And then uh, the mother picks up a gun and she gets shot and gets killed as well. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. the house of- wow. Seg just became an orphan. Yep. And um, basically what's going on to Seg, um, he you know doesn't want to get married to you know one of the heirs of whatever house he's getting um taken into um he's seeing actually zod's grandma oh on the sly yeah and um after that he's like i can't believe your mom just killed, murdered my parents you know we already agreed that this was gonna be hard enough to do he's all but now i don't want anything to do with you and so Ooh. he basically dumps the zod lady or zod grandma and then um he goes back to the Fortress of Solitude to get some work. And then uh, Adam Strange shows up again. And he's like, hey, he's like, you know, just to make sure that things go the way that they should, I just want to let you know that, um, you know, you're going to get married. You're going to have a grandson. His name is going to be Carl uh, L. He's going to be Superman, and he saves the Earth. And we got to make sure that his, you know, nothing happens to you because Brainiac is coming and he will destroy your world. But you want him to destroy the world. Right. But basically saying like, if you don't find a way, um, you know, to, you know, to get um, Superman, uh, you know, the earth is going to be in danger and it's going to be destroyed. Okay. Fair enough. So is that the whole episode? Yeah, pretty much. That's all that happened. Fair. I, I I plan on watching it. Uh, I'm glad to hear that uh, you you watched it though, and were able to say what. what How did you feel about the show though overall? Yeah, other than being kind of long. Um, it just again, it was just cut and dry. Uh, for a pilot, it didn't really grab my attention like other pilots have done in the past. Fair enough. Okay, then what happened in Gotham? Oh, excuse me. I was taking a drink of water. Uh, so in Gotham, um, pretty much a whole lot of stuff happened again. Um, so basically Penguin um, and Lee go find Dr. Fries, um, and they tell uh, Freeze to team up with them so they can take down uh, Sophia together. Nice. Um, and so How is Fries, Lee's hand? Still broken. Oh, okay. Yeah, so bandaged up. 
And so he says, no, last night I worked with the penguin. Penguin promised me a cure for my current situation. He didn't deliver. Penguin apologizes. He's like, you know what? He's like, you know, I'll make things right. He's like, if you help us out one more time, we'll make it work. And he's like, do you have anything you can spare? Any weapons? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, he gives him a little, looks like a beeper. And it was flashing. He's like, here. He's like, you'll know when to use it when the time's right. He's like, but right now what we need to do is we need to infil- infiltrate uh, Sophia. So I just got the plan um, because Lee's like, you know, um, Penguin's looking for Sophia. I'm looking for Sophia. Um, and you need money to run all your research so you can reverse your, you know, your current state and go back to being normal. So it costs a lot of money. If you take the Penguin, um, you know, they'll pay you whatever you want. So he doesn't give the Penguin a warning and freezes him. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And basically, um, they found the Riddler, um, and they deliver him to Sophia because Sophia wants to know what happened to the Penguin because the Penguin um, escaped from Arkham. Uh especially because they uh, got Martine out of wherever he was. He was being heavily guarded. Um, so the Riddler didn't crack. He took a lot of torture and punishment. Nothing happened. Uh, Bruce and Selina, they have um, a Batwoman, or a, I'm sorry, a Batman and Catwoman style thing. Basically, she shows up. She's like, hey, Bruce, you know, uh, you're the only person I can go to. I need money. And then Bruce is like, okay, what's it for? She's like, well, um, I need to go ahead and get a necklace back. Um, basically, that necklace is the last uh, the last Lazarus water, right? That's what they called it? Yeah, Lazarus water. Yeah. And then Bruce is like, well, okay, fine. Sure, why not? I'll help you. Um, I'll let you borrow the money. Don't worry about it. Um, and basically Catwoman or Selena wants it because she stole that necklace and she sold it for money. Now they're after her. So of course Bruce is going to be a good friend and, you know, try to help her out. So they go to the pawn shop where she sold the necklace. Um, and they were going to try and steal, but they got caught. And so the guy's like, you know, um, either we're going to kill you or you got to figure out something out. Bruce is like, okay, I'll pay double what you paid her so we keep it. And then they're like, eh, not good enough. So they get into a fight, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so they take out two kids, take out four grown-ass adults. Oh, wow. So, yeah, they're, essentially it's just to show the their fighting prowess. Yep. And uh, the cool thing, like, Selena's believable because she has a whip, like, the dude's about to shoot Bruce in the head, but she gets the whip and, like, snaps his arm up, so he shoots up in the sky. Um, so, you know, that's more believable, but I was like, come on, really, two kids doing this? <laughs> <laughs> and so, pretty much, it jumps back to um, Barbara and Tabby, um Basically, Butch shows up with uh, with the Riddler. That's how they end up getting the Riddler. I forgot to tell you. Um, he finds him, and he basically Butch walks away, and he's like, "Hey, Tabitha, just so you know, I'm gonna find a way to reverse this, and I'll and once I'm my true self, you know, we can continue where things left off." Um, and pretty much, uh, Barbara's having these weird episodes where she just keeps getting a headache and she can't explain everything goes blurry 
Uh, so this was happening a lot throughout the episode. Um, hmm. And, oh, yeah, so uh, Barbara's like, you know what we should do? Uh, we should exchange Penguin, uh, drop him off at Sophia's. Um, Sophia will torture him, get the information that she needs, and pretty much, you know, they'll kill him, and we won't have to see his sorry-ass face ever again. Um, so they take the Riddler to Sophia's. Uh, he's getting tortured. They drop off um, uh, Penguin as well. Um, and that was uh, Doc, uh, Mr. Freeze. He shows up. He's like, hey, he's like, I heard you were looking for the Penguin. Here he is. Give me 100000 They pay him the money. He walks away. Um, the ice uh, sometime passes by. Ice defrost um, because Sophia found Pen, which was the bookkeeper that they needed. Um, because they're, they're afraid that he's going to rat everybody out. Um, so they, Sophia leaves with her, uh, people to go find, uh, Penn and Penn is in this weird ass house where all the adults are dressed up as babies and there's nurses feeding them and stuff. So I was like, okay, this is probably like a weird sex fetish thing, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, um... At this point, uh, Gordon and Bullock showed up, and they're like, we need to talk to Penn. They find Penn. Sophia shows up, and uh, she's with Zass and with the other bodyguard, or the other hitman. hitman. And so they try to get Penn to safety, um, and pretty much what happens now is, uh, oh my god, Gordon gets shot in the stomach, and then... Uh, he creates a diversion to let Penn and Bullock um, get away, and he tries to take on Sophia. Uh, he's just basically running around this giant mansion. Uh, she ends up finding finding him in a kitchen. Uh, she shoots him again. He drops to the floor, and uh, she's like, you know, why can we make things easy? You know, why didn't you just work for me um, like you were supposed to? And he's like, no, you know, I can never do that. And she's like, well, uh, this is goodbye. And she's about to kill Gordon. And then uh, Lee shows up and shoots Sophia in the back and then oh, wow. in the head. Wow. Um, they, yeah, they get um, – they manage to get Gordon to the hospital. He gets all patched up. And I don't know how Sophia didn't die, but apparently she's in a coma and is still alive. Well, there you go. And it's more people just surviving shit for no reason. Now, I, I'm really intrigued by this whole uh, Barbara having episodes like headaches. What do you think that means? I don't know, because um, it was like a little after credit scene. So... Um, she starts, you know, her hand starts glowing. She's at the club. Her hand starts glowing and like, she starts getting woozy again. And then, uh, she looks up and she just sees Raza Ghoul smiling or smirking. And then she collapses and that's the end of the episode. Oh, crazy. All right. Well, that, that, that at least has me intrigued. Yeah. So Next episode, just from the preview, it looks like it's going to be Barbara and Ra's al Ghul heavy. All right. Cool. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. then. As you alluded to earlier, the crack, the rift, is getting is not 
staying closed and everybody's fears are coming out. The first one to come out is uh, the the astronaut from fucking uh, Simmons Gemma's time on that planet. Oh, that's right. That's something I didn't see. Oh, so that was before your time. You're telling me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's essentially the the person that she left behind on that planet, and he ends up dying. So she feels guilty about it. And uh, they they were able to take him down. And then the other thing is, like, uh, the doctor shows back up. So the version of of Fitz that was in the the mainframe or the framework. I'm sorry. And he right. he assumes that that's his biggest fear. But I started noticing it, and I know I think this is probably this is also probably before, well, this definitely would be before your time because this is about the same time that that uh, when Gemma was stuck on the other planet. But Fitz started going into this like persona, not persona, but he started starting acting like the person that he was after he had went through some uh, brain trauma because he was stuck in a uh, pressurized cabin as it went into the water when uh, Ward tried to kill him the first time. So okay, that's you know kind of what his big fear was was that he would re- revert back to that plus the doctor and it turns out that neither one of those things were his fear it's just him kind of going crazy. Yeah, I know, and it just blew my mind because the show set it up to the point where you know that's believable. It's probably you know his biggest fear is you know fits from the framework. So when, you know, Gemma found him and, you know, he was arguing, it was like, no, you know, it's him. Like, he's the one that, you know, is orchestrating the whole thing. It's him. And he had the fucking scalpel in his hand. I was just like, oh, my God, he's going crazy. (laughs) Yeah, essentially. Yeah, he's just going crazy. Um, Yeah. And the scalpel in his hand is because he essentially came up with the idea of how to remove the – or – not how to remove because they already knew how to remove the the chip in her in her head in uh, I'm sorry in Daisy's head so that she can get her powers back, but the way to condense the gravitonium so that it can go inside the device to make it so that they can close the rift, uh, they needed Daisy's powers back. So A to B, so B to C, they had to they had to <laughs> they had to do the thing they didn't want to do and give Daisy her powers back. Right, and pretty much like, you know, the other me programmed that dude to kill us, so if I don't go through with it, we're all going to die. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, dealing with his split personalities, essentially, like, uh, the evil version of himself, and not even so, not even really evil, just kind of more, like, determined in knowing how to get things done version of himself, the doctor, uh, set up, you know, safety precautions so that uh fits would actually go through with the whole thing and it all it worked out it all worked out i mean daisy unfortunately has her powers and i don't know if i'd be getting up and, and doing shit after i had a two inch cut in the back of my neck to remove something that was attached to a lot of different nerves but hey i'm not a yeah. inhuman so. <laughs> oh man that was so I got, I got squeamish, and I really don't get squeamish when it comes to that stuff. 
but it's right. just like oh and, and you see every cut it was great to see though and i don't I, maybe that to answer your question but then again it's still you know isn't too clear gives her a shot with adrenaline he's like all right you know this will speed up the process but i don't think that would you know still help her walk around and shit yeah no it wouldn't help her recovery it would jumpstart her powers but yeah i don't think it would help her recovery any um, and another thing, after he realized that, you know, he, you know, he was orchestrating the whole thing, but, you know, he has full control of himself, couldn't he have given Daisy, like, some numbing stuff instead, you know, before just tearing out in there? <laughs> you would think so, but he's probably like, ah, it's already open, might as well just get it done with. <laughs> <laughs> God, that was terrible. No kidding. Uh with uh, Yo-Yo, though, uh, they, Yo-Yo was, like, itching to do something. She just hates being stuck in the bed. But uh, she wanted them to, to, like, put a console, a security console in her room so that she can at least monitor stuff. And I was thinking, well, what happens when she, does, when she sees something? It, she doesn't have any hands to do anything about it. She's still a speedster. She can run away. Yeah, but... The, the the nature of her power is that she can only run as far as she can hold her breath. And then as she does that, it, when she lets go, she goes back to where she started. So the only uh, really good thing is okay. the only really good thing is that she can grab something while she's running and then take uh, off and then go back to where she's supposed to be. But she can't grab anything now. Right. I was going to say, I'm not trying to be a dick, but she kind of has nubs. Yeah, you're right. She could, I mean, she could probably still like kick somebody or headbutt somebody as she runs by them and then goes back to her bed, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you're right. I didn't think about that. I didn't really know how her powers worked. I just assumed she was a regular speedster. But yeah, that's a great point. You know, if she does run into somebody, what would she do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's kind of why she got her name Yo Yo, because she goes back. Okay. Goes, it makes a lot more sense now. And and because and that's the only thing I can think of is like if she sees somebody in the monitor, she can, she doesn't have a hand to push a button to be like, hey, somebody's here. She can't warn anybody. Nubs. Yeah, I guess nubs. You're right. Just, or just headbutt <laughs> headbutt a button. Just like bam. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the rift situation is solved. The riff is now, situation solved for, for uh, yeah for now for as far as we know. Um, the other thing, uh, fucking well, what uh, Deke went and told Gemma that she's his grandmother. Yep, and perfectly timed warning sickness right after that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that's what it was? You thought it was warning sickness? I, um, I mean, I, I came to that conclusion later too, but I immediately thought it was just because she was getting way too much information at one time. Nah, I think it was warning sickness. Awesome. I mean, yeah, they would definitely need to get that his mother born here pretty soon. Yeah, because they don't know if it's the world's gonna blow up or not. Right. Well, I mean, I'm just saying because the timeline wise, I mean, that's uh, true. She's got to be old enough to have Deke in the future. Right. Uh, well, I was going to say was, uh, do you think she goes and tells Fitz right away? I don't think she should. Really? Why? 
Because he's already going through so much emotional stress right now. Huh, he doesn't okay. need something added to his plate. I okay. I I I can see that. I can see that. Um, but you think she, um, that she should? Well, I think as we learn from Black Lightning, no good comes from keeping secrets. True. So it's going to come out eventually. You might as well just get it over with. I would assume. Yeah, it's a good point. But what the happens? Russian? <laughs> yes, the Russian. Oh, go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say, what happens if 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 they change the future though? Like, does does Deke cease to exist? Does or is now that he's outside of the timeline, he can't? You know, he's different. You know, there will be another Deke in the future. Yeah, that the Deke in the future might be different. Wouldn't be the exact same Deke, but it'd still be Deke if that makes sense. Okay, all right. Yeah, the Russian. Who do you think's in charge, General Hale or the Russian? Because they're both saying that they're they're the ones in charge, and the other one doesn't know what the hell's going on. I would say, I would say General Hale. So you think that he's just a LMD that just thinks that he's in charge because he's the Russian, and he he doesn't realize that he's just following orders, right? And I mean, so it turns out that his head is still in a. See, she even said that uh, she's using it as leverage. The head is in a jar somewhere. Right. I, mean, I think she's so, using that as leverage to make sure that you know he does what he's told. That could definitely be true. And what? we saw the. Uh, we saw, what are your thoughts? Saw, I was gonna say we saw the absorbing man. They used him. Um, by strapping C four to him, yeah, exactly. Essentially, is as long as he stays in like a, a steel, like uh, body form that he can never. He, I mean, he would be untouched by the blast. Do you think yeah. that Coulson is actually playing Hale at this point? Like, this is all part of Coulson's plan to get captured. We we've all seen him, you know, be a really good leader, and he always has a plan. So yeah, that's you what know, I'm gonna say. I'm going to say that he. this is all part of his plan to get captured by Hale. Right. I mean, he kind of willingly turns himself in. Right. And I think that's what that's what I meant. Like, he's... Okay. It, it was all part of his plan. Like, the whole part with uh, May coming over and saying, you know, this isn't a good idea. Like, that's all part of the plan, too. Right. I think so. Okay. And- uh Go ahead. Who do you? Oh yeah. Uh, who do you think Hale was talking to in that dark room? I have no clue. Uh, obviously, they, at the end they said Hale Hydra. Yeah, but I don't so know who she's working who for. Hydra. Be, well, I mean, she kind of has already stated that she wants to do something different. That's different than Hydra and different from Shield. From my, I, I, what I'm understanding is that she wants to do a thing where they basically combine the two together. But she is kind of working with Hydra, which is obviously bad. Right. Um, do you think that was, you know, um, they couldn't afford Sam Jackson, so they, they just got somebody to kind of sound like him, and that was uh, Nick Fury that she was talking to? Oh, I don't know. It could be. Why, why would it be Nick Fury? Though? Why would Nick Fury be working for Hydra? 
because change, I don't know. Oh, okay. It could be like Nick Fury's twin brother who like cuz in the in the comic book they had Max Fury which was like a clone, I think, a evil clone of Nick Fury that was the head of Shade, I believe is what it was called, which was an okay. evil organization, so maybe and they gave her that Cree juice too. They yeah, yeah, the Cree juice. Uh yeah, it's definitely, called. definitely got some kind of weird Cree stuff still gonna be going on this season. Yeah. I wonder what's gonna happen next, so I don't know, but I'm I'm ready to go on that journey. Same here. Ghost Rider, you think we'll be seeing him again? Uh, I think we'll definitely see him again before the end of the season, especially Jeez. if they're thinking this will be the this might be the last season. I know it makes me sad that you know they're thinking that. Yeah, me too. <sighs> I'll miss it if it does go away. Yeah, yeah. Any uh, other things you wanted to say about this episode? Um, this was actually my favorite show. Um, from that we, you know, that we watched all week. This was my favorite one. Nice. Just because you liked the interaction between the characters, or something p- particular that you really enjoyed. I thought it was just a really, really well, a really well thought out episode. Okay. All right. Uh, Walking Dead. Um, I kind of really enjoyed this episode, but. I had so many problems with Rick and the way that he dealt with Negan. Yeah, and also I want to say, God, Rick really sucks at killing someone. (laughs) For a guy who used to be a police officer, and I would assume that he was a good one since he was a sheriff, uh, he doesn't shoot (laughs) all that well at all anymore. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess you could sit there and say that he was kind of playing with Negan, but first he has that assault rifle and he's just shooting wildly and it's all going everywhere. And then he has his revolver and he he runs out of bullets. But he knew how to throw a fucking axe like nobody's business. Yep. It's a, oh, he, <laughs> that was funny to see. With <laughs> uh, an asshole or something. Right. And I thought that was interesting is like you have Negan sitting there hanging off the the floor, like how he's just he's there with his hands on the on the edge. And what was like I would assume that uh Rick would go to like hit him in the head with the axe, but he doesn't because he his even though Negan lets go so he can fall away the axe goes into the floor. So that means he was going to go chop Negan's hands. I don't know why. I don't know why either. Just kill him already. <laughs> if that's what yeah. you want to do, just kill him already. Yeah. And maybe he just wanted to play with him a little bit, torture him a bit. I guess that, which is just dumb. You just need to get it over with. <laughs> yep. Oh, Hey, um, I don't think last week you got to complain about, you know, smearing your weapons in walker guts. Oh. You didn't do your rant. I didn't do my rant. Uh, I did that to you, like, on text messages when we were talking about the episode. But, yeah, that doesn't seem to make any sense to me. Like, the whole idea is he's going to hit people with the bat, which has the 
I'm sorry, he's going to hit people with Lucille that has the barbed wire on it, but then also with Walker blood on it. So when they get blood in their open wounds, they'll turn into walkers faster. Now, we've already seen in this show, and I know that this is canon for the, sh- for the comic book that, that he does that, but in the show, and also with Fear the Walking Dead, we've seen our characters smear themselves in walker blood, and it doesn't change anybody any quicker. However, you might say that we saw Father Gabriel changing because he was covered in walker blood, but... I don't know if that's... He just might have just got a disease. He might have got a virus because he's fucking, you know, covered in decaying blood. There was um, an article that he has, like, a legit disease, and it's not related to the to the virus. But I'm pretty sure if he kicks a bucket, you know, obviously, since we all carry the disease, he will turn into a walker. But it's, like, a okay. legit thing that he okay, has. Fair. Yeah, see, that... that then it just strengthens my argument. I don't understand where Negan gets the idea that this should work is all I'm saying, because we already seen that even he was covered in Walker blood at one, at one point. So I don't yep. know. And uh, I think that doesn't make sense either. It's, um, you know, when uh, they're in Atlanta, um, and they covered themselves in the Walker blood. That was also from the comics. That scene happened in the comics. So they had to do that as well. And, you know, again, they're not turning any quicker. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can sit there and say your eyes are closed and your mouth are closed. So the, the blood's not getting in you, but you can't close your nose or your ears and your pores. So <laughs> right, <laughs> you're going to get blood inside of you at some point. I just, I, 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 I didn't I don't see how that would work, but I did want to say that I did find the poetic justice in the fact that when uh Rick hits Negan's car, you know, the car flips and all that bucket of blood that he has in the passenger seat goes everywhere. Spills. <laughs> yeah, spills everywhere, eventually, you know, covering him up in, in Walker blood. So if his theory was right, it would it, she should be turning into a walker right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And you know the the other weird thing. Now that you mention it too, he was covered in Walker blood. And when um, uh, Rick opens up that trap door and lets all the walkers loose, they're still trying to go out for Negan too. That's true. I he might. I mean, he might not have been covered enough. The fact that uh, he was rolling around in the dirt could have been That's something. True too. Uh, the fact that. Uh, he was fighting with uh, Rick, so his his own pheromones were going even stronger than the blood that was on him. But you're sure. right; he was covered in blood, so it should have been able to to camouflage himself. Right. So, uh, remember the last time we talked to the whole like, oh, you know, uh, Negan knows that Simon murdered all the people at at the junkyard. Well, we can't find out that Negan didn't know. So, right. how does that make you feel? Uh, I think that we, we definitely see that Simon has some goals set in mind. He's got some ideas yeah. for himself. Uh, his main he he saw Rick. He saw he saw Rick down that alley, and he did nothing about it. So he let it played out. Then he gets Dwight on his side to be like, "Look, you know Negan's not good. He's not good for us. He's not going to protect us." So just follow my lead, which is essentially uh, lighting the, the Negan's car on fire and saying that he died. Um, 
what is Dwight's, you know, goal though at, at this point? Do you think? Do you think that if he goes along with Simon, then uh, he doesn't have to worry about Negan, and he thinks that he can take Simon out better, like easier than he could take Negan out, or is he just okay with Simon being the leader and maybe that things won't be as bad as they were under under Negan? Um, I want to say it's probably the the first thing. So um, I think pretty much uh, you know he just wants he'll just follow along kind of thing um, because I know under Simon's rule nothing's going to change. I feel like things will get much worse with under Simon's rule. Yeah, I would I would say the same too. And then uh, Dwight was kind of you know not really going for it either. But he just wanted to be like a team player, and that's why you know he sent Negan's car on fire. Well, because I, I think mean, his... go ahead. Yeah, go 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 ahead. Finish your thought. Oh, I was just gonna say because um, I I think as long as Negan officially dies, I think Dwight will be uh, will be okay with that. Yeah, and I would say that he doesn't have he doesn't have any backup with him right at the moment. Like he doesn't he knows he can't trust anybody that's on the Saviors. And uh, he's not around anybody from Alexandria at the moment, so he has to go along with whatever Simon wants to do. Right. Simon now, is power hungry. Uh, I wanted to say I loved that Rick lit Lucille on fire, and that really set off Negan. But uh, I also wanted to bring up the fact that Negan, you know, when finally you're facing down the barrel uh metaphorically and literally he started you know begging for his life and being like look i was a good guy i was trying to protect everybody and look if you just let me go now i'll let you guys only have to give up 25 percent of your stuff not half and it's like this is the point that i want to bring up when every time when someone says Rick is the same thing as Negan. Like, they did the exact same thing. They're the same person. Negan's not the bad guy. He's doing the exact same thing Rick did. Rick never extorted anybody. Rick never said, look, you have to give me half of your shit or else we're going to come in and start bashing and killing your people. We'll only kill one person at a time, but we'll we'll definitely kill your people. Rick never did that. Rick did. Lead a, a a party into the outpost and kill everybody in the outpost. Don't get me wrong, that is bad. However, it was in retaliation to uh, the saviors and the fact that they were extorting not one, not two, not three, but four different towns that we know of of their shit. Right. That so, is a lot. <laughs> Yeah, and don't uh, yeah don't don't sit there and sit there and tell me that Negan's a good guy too. So he's the best, I tell you. Oh, how dare you! <laughs> um, but you know, we find out that um, Rick gets cornered. Negan manages to get away, and the whole time we're like, "Well, what's going on? What happened?" Yeah, and? the last thing I think I remember seeing – well, the, first, before you say the last thing I think I remember seeing is that a walker grabs Negan and pulls him around a corner. After that, Rick is down there by himself, and then uh, Negan wakes up, and Jadis has him in, a, in the vehicle, and he she has a gun on him. But yep. – uh, Like, 
do you think that was Jadis that grabbed him under underground or or something else? How would she have known though? Yeah, exactly. How would she have known? Yeah, so maybe he managed to uh escape and he hadn't been on foot though because everybody already left to um the Alexander I'm sorry, the hilltop. Oh, you know what? You're right. He we did see him get away on foot. He he runs out the door and runs away and then Rick follows him and he doesn't know which way uh he went. Yeah. So, yeah. And I thought must- that he he did that. I thought he had actually taken Rick's car and left him there stranded, but I guess not. No, I don't think so. Interesting. Yeah, it's at yeah. some point she he must have collapsed, passed out, or or she got she snuck up on him and hit him over the head. But yeah, she has him. She has a gun pointed yeah. at him. Is she going to be able to to deal with with a uh, with a Negan? She. I mean, he's not going to smooth his smooth talk his way out of this one. Uh, but I mean, obviously, he has to get the slip on her. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know that you know he will. Does uh does he have Lucille at this moment? Do you know? I would I would say yeah. Okay. Uh, over at the hilltop, you have a character by the name of Georgie. Yeah, is, was that her name? And I think so. And she, I didn't get you know the warmest feeling from her. I had uh, my issues trusting her. I, I not, not only do I have issues trusting her, I don't even understand her character. Like she just goes around from town to town saying that she has knowledge and then she asks for people's stuff, like give us some of your things like records and food and if you have pickles because Midge likes pickles and if you have something <laughs> else because uh the other one likes pickle or the other thing, I don't remember what it was, but yeah. It was all very weird and very strange, and the problem I had with her is the, like, if you give me things, then I will give you knowledge, and, like, no, you should just give knowledge because knowledge is good. Like, you should give out, knowledge should be free, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, I mean, after a couple of endless debates of whether should we trust her, should we kill her, what should we do, um, you know... Maggie finally decides, like, hey, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to give you the food so you can be on your way and you'll give us the knowledge. Pretty much she says, hey, no, you guys keep the food. You guys need it more than we do. Um, and here's the knowledge. Put to get good use. Uh, you know, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't put that together that she didn't take the food. But she did say the next time we come, you give us more food, right? Right. And because the knowledge was uh, how to set up uh, windmills and how to generate power and how to keep, right. you know, all that going. Okay. See, that's good and all, but yeah, I didn't like the whole, like, you need to give us more things next time we show up kind of thing. I don't know. Right. I, I really feel like this is all setting up for next season. Like, probably whatever that's going to end up being. Right. And like another thing that's, you know, kind of problematic with the way she works is, okay, say you run into the saviors first, you know, they're not nice people. They're just going to kill you and take your shit. Yeah, that's exactly. And and Enid like hit that right on the head. head. She's like, they're just going to end up dying and their shit's going to get taken. We should just take their shit now. But yeah, I I don't know. That was all. Like I said, the, the, the character is very weird. I don't understand what's going on. 
we'll have to see. We'll have to see how that plays out. All right. And um, last thing is uh, Greg Nicotero basically said, like, oh, yeah, he's still alive. <laughs> yeah, And oh, yeah. no word. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, yeah, 24 didn't work out, so Heath is going to be coming back here. Yep. So I wonder what's going to happen, how he'll come back. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, maybe we'll figure out what PPP stands for. Is it DDD? <laughs> I don't or, even know what it was. Or BBB. But yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe it was the these people. Maybe it was Georgie and her her two twin ladies that picked him up. Maybe. I don't know what they would want with him, though. <laughs> I, I assume they were back. They they have a place somewhere. True. But you're right. And now I'm also wondering what what's going on with Aaron over at Oceanside. That's right, because they haven't revealed, what, you know, what he's doing. Yeah. So. All right. Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about? No, that's it. Sounds good. If anybody else has uh, issues or something they want to discuss with us about any of the shows that we talked about today, we'd love to hear from you. I am agent underscore of the underscore bat on Twitter. Daniel's also on Twitter as Daniel, Von, or I'm sorry, uh, Super Commie Daniel. Yeah, you're not Daniel Von Helvet no more. You're Super Commie yeah. Daniel. Uh, the rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram, Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page. And our website is geekleetradio.com. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. But until next time, this is Televised Heroics on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.